Welcome. You are listening to The Pod, the best NFT podcast there ever will be. Let's start it. What's up? Welcome. What's happening? I was one minute late. My DMs get flooded. <laughs> one minute, guys. What? <laughs> yeah, one minute. We were we were ready waiting for you, man. Love it. You know we need a 10 um, before the projects come on, so you need to be on spaces at 5.50 p.m. UTC for us to, to I'll do my uh, best. I'll do my release. Best. So then by the time that the interview comes, we're all calm. Now we're all agitated, Adam. I, I have been too, too consistent with the time. I got to be a little bit more loose. <laughs> all right, what's happening? How are you doing, guys? What happened to Sensei Labs, TK? The undercutters started uh, dumping as soon as they minted. We'll talk about that at the after party. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Welcome, guys. Um, Cyberbong, so welcome. Who am I speaking to? Is it yo, yo. Asiago. Asiago, that's right. Asiago, perfect. Yo, welcome. Uh, happy to have you. Thank you, brother. Happy to be on. Welcome, everyone else. We've got some people joining us. Welcome, all speakers and listeners. Hope everyone is feeling good and welcome if it's the first time to the pod. Uh, welcome. Happy to have you. Uh, so what's happening today? We're going to talk to uh, Bongheads, Cyberbongs, their upcoming collection, Bongheads, uh, which is a, if I got it right, cannabis startup and Solana NFT project, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Awesome. So we're going to talk some Bongheads, we're going to talk some cannabis. Uh, something I am truly passionate, uh, as some of you know, that was a joke, but uh, I'm happy to, to uh, learn. Uh, and by my side, I have my, my, my smoker, TK, who knows everything yes. about this. Yes, I am thoroughly in this. Adam, maybe not so much, but uh, this is my heaven. I'm ready. <laughs> let's go. All right. So uh, let's start it. Um, Asiago, do you mind giving us just everyone new to the project? Everyone here, a quick brief about Cyberbonds. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. So I'll give a quick introduction on what we're doing. And then TK, if you don't mind, I want to use you as a little uh, as a little guinea pig for, for an experiment that I want to run. Um, yes. Okay, you like that? <laughs> just uh, if, if you uh, consume or, or dabble a little bit in the, in the cannabis, so we can we can talk a bit about that. But yeah, guys, so essentially, Bongheads, aka Cyberbonks, a bit confusing. I probably should have made the, the second generation the same name, but a bit too late now. Uh, we're opening up uh, cannabis dispensaries throughout North America. We're uh, manufacturing and supplying and distributing our own cannabis strain throughout North America as well as Canada. Uh, we have the big e-commerce side of the company as well, which is going to be uh, having sort of a Web3 focus, um, as well as taking some inspiration through uh, like hyped uh, companies like Supreme and, and, and Off-White and stuff like that. So we're going to be following a similar system with our products. Uh, and then there's the whole uh, staking side, which we tie everything in together through Web3 and and be allowed and, and allow the holders to partake in, in everything we're doing through our own ecosystem and, and through our own token as well. So with that being said, TK, um, you dabble a little bit in the cannabis. Can you tell me uh, maybe some problems that you have uh, with you know certain strains or certain products that you have? Is there anything that that comes to mind when you when you uh, smoke? Like uh, any problems with the bong or any problems with the pipe with with weed? Oh, I. Uh... I prefer to only smoke from a bong, and I would say how dirty the bong gets and how hard it is to clean the slide, the, the piece, everything. And 
I'm what some would call a little bougie. So I use the ice catcher ones and I crush up my ice. So I, it's, that's, that's a big problem I have with my bong. Okay. So good that you said that now, when when a company is sort of creating a product, it's really important to listen to the consumer and see, okay, what is the main issue that you have with your products? So if we're talking about bongs specifically, the two main things that come up is one, it can't handle the heat and it breaks or is really difficult to clean. So we take this approach with, with asking the consumers the issues that they have with every industry we're going to be working in and trying to find and build a product that really fixes that. So with bongs specifically for us, we have to create and and really work with the best glassers and, and materials to create these products that are sort of way better than anything else in the market. <clears throat> We're trying to do this approach with everything else that we do as well. So with clothing, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people here that have probably uh, a hoodie that gets like hair on it and, and animal hair and dust particles on it a lot. And this is really annoying. So if we want to make and work with the best private label manufacturers to make really high quality clothing as well. And then this translates to the things that we're doing with the snowboards and the skate decks and the mouse pads and every other product that we want to put forth. So it's it's all really about being a perfectionist in the items that we put forth and then building a, a, a really high quality brand around even just the cannabis as well. So we want the cannabis to be a really hard punch and, and to really do its job for, you know, any specific effects each person would want. Love it. Exciting, and we're going to dive into everything you got going and everything that's going to happen, like with this collection, the future. Uh, but first, I want to start with uh, your story um, and how you got into, um, yeah, basically about you and also because you have a, a collection uh, already. Um, a mint that I can't remember, but I remember the, the mint. How long ago was it? Sorry, I got rugged there for a second. Yeah, the mint was um the mint was late March, I believe. So we've we've been here um I don't know how many months ago is that? Six months, roughly? Six, seven months. I, if I were to just take a guess, I would say like three months, but that's six months. It's crazy. Uh awesome. Okay, so how did you get into making your, your first NFT collection and, and, and the gen one or gen zero? Yeah, so I guess we can start with a <clears throat> with a very quick backstory. So my background is in angel investing and, and startup uh, business development and optimization. So um, when I came into NFTs, I thought this was uh, basically a Web3 version of Kickstarter or uh, AngelList or, you know, people who usually network through through investing is, is done in like real life events as well. So I thought this was the new way to do it. So I wanted to capitalize on it and, and really invest in some new startups. But I didn't really see much of that. So I just thought, you know, let's make our own project and, and let's you know, let's set a wave or, or create a new meta for what I personally think NFT should be. So that's where Bongheads came up. And and then the reason behind the cannabis stuff too is when you're creating a product, you have to find a good industry that's still emerging and there's still a lot of money to be made in it. And and then with the NFT stuff, you have to you know find a niche or, or a group of people that could really come on board. So there's a lot of people who consume cannabis in the NFT space, and it just made uh, made a lot of sense um, to you know com- combine those two things together. So that's where that's where we originally started, and then uh, that was more of a casino focused stuff because at the time that was really meta. So we find a emerging industry, which is the cannabis, and we relate relate that to the art. Um, we also find a target audience, which is cannabis consumers, and then we play on the meta in the space, which was you know casino. So we three birds one uh, uh, yeah three birds one stone type situation that we had with the first collection. But now we're ready to to really blast off with the a complete overhaul and and really focus on the web two side, because at the end of the day, longevity is is the biggest importance here, and we can't survive as an ecosystem 
if projects aren't bringing in new faces, new people expanding into other parts and other industries. And, um, you know, Web 2 is really where the money is. So that's kind of where, uh, where it all comes down to now. Yeah, and I like that you refer to it as a startup and not just a project because that, we see that a lot. And, and that's basically what it is, right? You're raising money and, and building with it. Yeah, um, pretty much. Yeah, so Victoria, feel free. Um, yes, so um, Jariah brought up an interesting question. He said he can't speak because he's at work, but he sent over a message and I'm quite interested in this as well. Um, there has been a, a, a number of projects, at least on Solana, um, with the same intention, you know, to open up physical um, cannabis stores or connect physical cannabis products. And as far as I know, they haven't really been successful. So um, we'd like to know what what you think you have, what you think you have that it takes to actually be successful in what so many other projects have failed at already. Yeah, so... Say, say, say a little different than like Stone Dave Crew and uh, I believe it's Akira. I probably butchered that. Um, I know are two big ones in, in the medical uh, side of Solana to tail end off what Jari was saying. Because I had something similar to that. Yeah. Um, okay, so... Sorry. Jariah um, did say that um, Stone Age was successful making branded products rather than, than storefronts. So I don't know if that um, is better. Yeah. So essentially, if we look at the competition, um, you know, based on my research, we sort of have a niche so far with cyberbongs i think we're maybe there's only one or two other projects that is opening dispensaries through nfts now we look at stoned ape it is more of an e-commerce side but it's it's mainly focused at the web3 people i don't see much seo or or much marketing to uh, a much wider web2 audience and then they have the staking stuff they've got the b2b um, solutions for accepting crypto and stuff in dispensaries so with us, there's a bit of a niche, and and the fact that and the reason for that is because the amount of capital that you need to start up uh, dispensary, specifically in North America, you're looking at at least in Canada two million dollars per dispensary, and that's a lot of money, and you can't really raise that through Web three in this current market right now. So nothing with the raise that we're doing through mid capital or um, royalties is going towards the Web2 stuff. That's all coming out of pocket from me. So we're dedicating, we've said $10 million, but we're probably going to cut it off at 15 because that will be what is how much we needed to raise 12 dispensary or to build 12 dispensaries like we've said in the roadmap. But with the with the Web3 side of the stuff and the, and the main capital and whatnot, that's all going to go towards the e-commerce platform and building uh, the brand through the internet rather than through a storefront. So hopefully there's going to be a level of cross-consumers that come in from each one who goes to the dispensary might want to buy online, uh, you know, different products and then, you know, vice versa. So um, I think the difference here is is probably just uh, the ability that we have to uh, raise all this money that we've done. And, and because it is a really uh, pocket um, seeping sort of uh, industry to get into, it's so expensive. Victoria, did you want to touch back on that? Um. Well, yeah, that, that kind of brought up a, a, like a new question for me. Obviously, uh, dispensaries are illegal in many states in the US, right? But they're not illegal in most countries apart from like Holland, maybe Spain. Um, so it sounds like you're focusing on bringing in just the American audience to like to benefit as holders because um, if you're not, if you're, if you're wanting to expand, what benefits are you going to be providing to um, say, stoners like me i smoke a lot but i live in london so your project sounds like 
uh, people will benefit as holders from going into the dispensaries and getting discounts and this and that but I'm not going to get that because I'm in London so what kind of benefit would you provide to people outside of the US that would make them want to buy into your product Right. So, yeah, obviously we are focused on the North American market. Um, so it, it does really limit a, a percentage of the other world. So the thing is why we're doing it with the e-commerce stuff is because it's all the exact same stuff you can get in a dispensary minus the THC stuff. So we can still be providing, you know, CBD products and everything else and, and allow uh, to push toward push on the European or Asian market. Um, just minus the THC, right? So uh, they can still take advantage of that, or you can, just through being a holder and just through, you know, uh, mining for the, staking for the, the bong token and whatnot. So obviously, yeah, you would have to fly out to come and get one, but or to come into the dispensary. But realistically, as legislation lifts, we can then expand to, you know, other parts and, and other continents. Awesome. And it's also an, an, uh, growing. I saw you have a long, long term roadmap and it's also a growing industry right so hopefully there's more opportunities in the future here yeah absolutely the, the roadmap is is you know 20 30 years long so it is we will see a mass legislation lifting even in countries like canada where it's legal um it's still not super legal there's so much red tape that you have to go through but as that lifts and, and as you know countries progress and politics we're going to probably see within the next 5 10 15 years you know, us being able to take advantage of places like the UK and, and wherever else. Awesome. I also want to say, before we move to DK, uh, if anyone else, had, we have an hour to go. Uh, we'll go longer if it's needed, but an hour is usually what we do. If anyone has any questions, come up and please raise your hand uh, once you come up and we'll get to your questions. Awesome. DK. So um, I used to work for a marijuana company when I lived in California and I've I've had my medical license in four different states. Um, what all states do you plan to start up in first, or is that all mapped out in your white paper? Yeah, so we're originally going to be focusing on Canada, and that's just because that's where I live. I have a lot of other connections there. Um, my other business partner, he owns four dispensaries, so he knows he knows the market well. In terms of the U.S., you know, there is a lot of states that it would be really oversaturated for us, like California, um, Colorado, stuff like that. So we are kind of taking a risk in terms of we're preparing ourselves to get into the states that are going to be uh, in the near future lifting legislation. But, you know, we, we like we like to look at New York. Uh, we like uh, we want to look into Texas as well when, when everything is good there. So um, our, we're putting most of our focus on Canada and we'll play it by ear as, as the U S lifts. Um, it, it's a bit of a trickier one for us to get into simply because, uh, the citizenship stuff and being able to open businesses, it's just a hell of a lot easier for us to get started in Canada. So is most of the team Canadian? Because like for where example, where I live in Ohio, um, it is medical only not recreational yet, but I lived in the state of Nevada when it went from illegal to medical to fully recreational. So do you guys have the contacts here in the States keeping up with those? Yeah, so we're, we're watching it. We have people watching it as well. Uh, all the team is Canadian-based. Now, my partner does have business businesses in the U.S., whereas I don't. All of mine are in, in Canada. So, yeah, we, we don't want to necessarily focus too hard on the U.S. when we think it's going to be something that we probably get into by the by second quarter of 2023 um and, and now is more just the time to fully focus on on getting set up in, in british columbia specifically uh, like vancouver Kelowna, 
uh, places like that. So tailing off that then so then do you already have like the land the locations the buildings and everything in British in British Columbia with all the like have you gone through all their law processes and everything yeah so their processes are, are uh, quite lengthy um, we have scouted out I did recently fly last month I flew to Canada and did a, a tour from Vancouver to Alberta uh, stopping at every single dispensary trying to get a lot of information but uh, right now, the, the commercial market is completely blown out. We would completely blow all of our money buying dispensaries straight up. So the first year, we're going to be leasing. Um, and, and then by the middle of next year is when we're going to see the market and uh, see the macro market really uh, bring down prices on prices on dispensaries. So the average price right now would be $2 million bucks to buy it. Uh, land, is, uh, it would probably be the same if we wanted to buy land and build. Um, but... Based on how the environment's looking, we can probably get that for a million to one point five million by the middle of next year. So we'll lease until then, and then we'll uh, and then we'll go. Awesome! And you're also going to have, I read in your bio, the cyber bunch. What goes into making your your own strain? And can TK be the, the try this out? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm not too tech savvy with all that stuff. So uh, excuse me if I'm if I sound stupid, but essentially with the creating our own strain stuff this is more of a focus we have for the american market because right now in canada you cannot legally sell um, or market cannabis that has any marketing based on it does x health benefit or x or y cosmetic benefit or something like that so we can still manufacture and distribute um, assuming that we can work with the with the liquor branch of canada and they do all the main distribution but um, it, it is a really lengthy process and, and i'm reading and, and watching all these things about how the the, I don't know what you call them, engineers or, or doc scientists make this stuff. It's very, very complicated. But essentially, we're trying to create um, a really nice balance in a, in a specific strain uh, of THC, CBD, and CBG, all specifically targeted at insomnia, uh, because this is one a really big health benefit that you get through cannabis. And we're trying to do this with CBD products specifically, so like... Um, oils and, and, and vaping stuff and then cbg which would be like uh like skin cream and stuff like that so we can't do this straight away this is definitely the longest part of the roadmap because most of the it, it takes you know six months maybe for a cycle to, to grow a plant i think so um that's a bit of a bottleneck and then we have to try it and then we have to quality control it um, and then we have to just wait for legislation to lift and to be able to legally build a brand around a product that does you know xyz awesome Exciting! I'll have to try some CBD products. I guess that's that's allowed where, where I live, uh, even though I can't order the THC stuff. Uh, Future, do you have a question? Yeah. So uh, I was curious about. So I mean, I was in another AMA space a couple of days ago. Heard a um, similar project, uh, and they have you know basically their whole motto is uh, "smoke to earn." Sorry about the background noise. Um, Smoke to earn, they're doing a point, basically a point system. Seems pretty simple. Maybe even something that you guys are planning on integrating into or can. Um, my question was just uh, how, you know, how are you guys going to um, craft it to be, you know, something special? You, uh, or do you guys have anything that's going to set you apart and make some kind of difference in the other, you know, it, it's you know it's not the typical thing, but yeah, we're seeing some some of these companies come out as cannabis, um, you know, featured projects that plan on getting into dispensaries and 
uh, all that stuff, which isn't to say that more than one shouldn't be able to do it, right? I mean, you definitely uh, could. That's why there's a McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, Carl's, you know, it's how you do it and how you go about it is what's going to create the success. So I'm just wondering what, what's going to be, a, you know, something more special on your end if you guys have anything. Yeah, so I guess we can talk about key differentiators. So obviously there's a million dispensaries and there's still money to be made in that. Like the, the revenue for that stuff is average two mil. Your net profit is 10 to 15%, so you're pulling in 200K. So there's still money regardless of if you're different. But the thing with us, we're taking sort of inspiration from the, the biggest cannabis company in America called Cookies, and then we're combining it with the marketing and, and the style of business approach that Red Bull has. And then fusing in the hyped collection product stuff that you see from Supreme. And then we're making all this one thing. So we're trying to, it's, you know, you hear the word lifestyle brand all the time in NFTs. But at the end of the day, these guys are just trying to do it, do it through Web3. Whereas with us, we don't really see that, that big of a, a company based in cannabis, specifically in that industry. Uh, maybe slightly could though. You know, we want to scale the brand that isn't just cannabis. We want it to be snowboards and skates, uh, skate decks and all this other, you know, cross consumer market stuff. So, and then we tied that in through the NFTs and then we give the holders some form of advantage through this ecosystem. Um, yeah, that's, uh, there's a lot going on, but at the end of the day with, with the Cyberbong uh, LLC, it's essentially capitalizing on every single part of the cannabis industry, be it storefronts or, uh, perfect uh, or like CBD products and cannabis products and manufacturing and and the clothing side as well. So it all combines it into the into one. And then the big the biggest kicker for us is really just building a brand around one specific strain. We want everyone to know that hey, you have to buy the Cyberbomb Bud if if you want to pass out or whatever. Right now, like I said before, there's lots of bottlenecks to that, but that is the goal. It's to be the the company that can put sleep on a shelf and the company that can be the the mcdonald's of weed strains essentially that's awesome man um great answer i appreciate that response and uh and my last question is do you guys have any plans on with with the growing um you know interest in thc products in general but uh, not just that but cultivating and everything in between that comes along with cultivation do you guys have any plans on maybe even doing classes i mean i've seen some um some of these like weed colleges and stuff that are, you know, going from beginner sides of how to get your cultivation started and things like that, that I'm sure somebody on your team or something, uh, you know, probably has some knowledge on and uh, maybe help some of these younger generations that are looking for a career in cannabis, something that they're passionate about. Um, and yeah, just something that may just be an, an addition for, uh, you know, just, just another thing to set on the, on one of your, um, you know, utilities of being able to maybe even hop on a Web3 seminar or something like that to take notes on, you know, these importance on cultivation and, and even manufacturing or stuff like that of the whole process of how it comes from a seed all the way to the dispensary shelves. Yeah, so it's a good thing that you mentioned that we have something in the Discord called, uh, let me find the channel. Um, it's called Growers Club, I think. Um, and yeah, Growers Club. And it's essentially all really, really smart growers who are just in the community that are holders, uh, basically showing people and, and talking about the process. And it's really, really interesting. I, I had no clue how hard it was to, to do this. So, um, you know, people can take advantage of that already. 
And at the same time, too, when it does come time for that roadmap uh, for us to push on that utility, what I did with the first collection was I had a, uh, it's just called the Trello, so it's a development update of what we're doing. And I was thinking of doing the exact same thing uh, for every section. You know, what are the simple, pro what are the processes we take to go from, you know, an idea to an actual product on the market? Um, and, and people can follow along. And, and, and most of the holders, if, if anyone is in here now, they know I'm very analytical and I like to evaluate things and really explain step by step what we're doing. So um, if people are interested, then that's definitely something that, that I like to do at least. Sweet deal, man. Thank you for that. Appreciate it. Thanks awesome. for your question, man. So, great responses, great questions. Got some hands coming in. Just remember, guys, uh, before we go ask questions and leave your opinions for Discord or wherever you want to leave those. Um, awesome. Victoria. Um, yes. So just two quick things. Just to expand a little bit on futures um, question, and I'm about to give my opinion. Low. Sorry, Adam. Um, but I think um, it's a really great idea to educate your users on how to self-grow. Because if anyone... Like anyone that's actually tried to grow um, knows that it's extremely hard. It takes months to make it happen. And it's like a baby. Um, you have to be awake every two hours or so. Um, watch it. Like, I, I don't know, talk to it. Like, it's extremely difficult um, and wild. I think um, it, even most people, when they look it up on Google and they start it, they still don't really know what to do. So just adding that on for um, your holders might be just a benefit that's going to reach a wider um, audience rather than just the American audience and, and Canadian. Um, and the second thing that I wanted to ask uh, was about the team. I'd like to know if you guys are dogs or planning on dogs in and what's your background that makes you um, kind of apt for what you're building right now? Yeah, so uh, I guess we can go from team and doxing. Uh, we're privately doxed uh, to, to all the right people and uh, I think Alpha Labs is one of them. Um, uh, publicly docs as well to a lot of people. Um, lots of my holders know all my information as well, so I'm, I'm very transparent with that stuff. Um, in terms of background, I did say a little bit before, I, I, started, I started in angel investing and business development optimization, so I've worked on a lot of startups. If, if anyone here works in an office, you probably have one of my products. Uh, I don't want to fully go ahead and box that. That's all of a, that's all private stuff. But um, I owned an esports team as well, which is sort of out of left field, a big online gaming organization. Before I came into NFTs, I was in uh, play to earn. So that's sort of uh, I like the gaming industry, and, and that's something that we're going to be following with with Cyberbongs because we know a lot of people who consume and cannabis also are gamers. So we're going to have a little spin on that. So um, yeah, I, th I think uh, we're we're pretty much on the safer side. I've I've shown the right people who need to have proof of all this stuff, proof of funds and everything else. Uh, I don't know if Pedro's in here as well, but he's someone that I brought on. He didn't believe me, and then I sent him a couple of videos, and it's all, you know, we've been in the space for a long time. There's no sketchy business going on. Uh, with the first Mint as well, I had a full finance breakdown. Everyone knew where all of the funds were going. Uh, I, I used $500,000 of personal money to, to boost the, the project as well. So um, I, I would like to say that we're a somewhat safe bet. Awesome. I remember, fuck, uh, sorry guys for, for skipping over your hand. We're going to get to them very shortly. Was there anything, there was something with the Yen, the first collection you did. There was, uh, was it about doxing, something? I can't remember. Do you remember, uh, Asiago? Uh, the first generation? What, what do you mean? Some FUD. People go Some crazy. FUD? 
Yeah. Uh, there's always bud, but like if you go on Discord, you're probably going to see a bunch of people with with uh, the same PFP, and that's because they're trolling me and they're using a picture of my face. So uh, we were docs from from um, from the beginning. If you scroll back through our tweets, uh, I, I put my face on on you know uh, everyone can see it. Everyone knows my real name, all that stuff. So I don't know. People will fud where when when they can, right? It's just the name of the game. Yeah, yeah. The 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 mad ones are always the loudest, right? Yeah. Uh, Favor and then Mark. Hey, good evening, guys. Mark went first. Let's go. Do it. Mark, <laughs> what's the question? Yeah, um, so um I wanna appreciate the team for the efforts. I really I read the road map and I was really, really impressed. Like the art, everything, the old staking, sharing realities, not just the usual staking stuff. But there was something I saw like I think on like helping projects like startup projects like arts and stuff like helping them to put their products forward like and i saw that the team wants to be using funds their own funds so i want to ask like how is the team going to generate those funds that they'll be using to help projects push push their products forward that's the question i want to ask yeah, so I guess we can expand on, on that side of the e-commerce stuff. So uh, in the roadmap, one of the, the business models for, for the e-commerce stuff is that we want to partner with other DAOs and projects, influencers, whoever, to take their imagery or take their you know NFT, whatever, and, and collaborate it with ours and, and then put it together and bring it to life through a, through a tangible product. So in terms of how that will work, is, you know, we're covering all the logistics because I like to be in control over manufacturing and, and making sure we've got good products. I'll eat the overhead cost and then we'll split profits. So I'll probably only end up breaking even. So we don't have to dive into our own money for that. But at the end of the day, it's not we're not really interested in funds, this this industry, because of the way that I'm planning it. The startup capital that we're needing is, you know, 12 to 15 million dollars. I'm not going to see any return on investment until year 20. But that's fine because I own a lot of other companies and I'm, you know, this is more about how I can be a pioneer for Web3 and I can bring in new companies uh, to use this platform as a way of starting up and then old companies to come in and use their fan bases to bring them into NFTs. And then that cross-pollinates through all of us, essentially. So, you know, there is going to be parts of the roadmap where I'm going to be eating a lot of cost, but that's completely fine because this is a project of passion and a project of fun. And at the end of the day, it's just about... You know, how can we create something together and everyone can be really, you know, can enjoy it and, and take advantage of it. Yeah, thank you very much. Then a second question, like, um, so I don't know, like the last time I spoke on the space, I don't know, you asked me if I had whitelist and I said I submitted a DAO proof. I think, I can't remember the, um, I think it was Gamers or so. I can't remember the exact one, like, but. I don't know if the collab with Gimas it broke down or something because I couldn't find it again, the channel again, after submitting my proof. Yeah, to be honest, I, we've got a big team that runs through that because we do have hundreds and hundreds of DAO collabs, so I, I personally wouldn't know. Uh, do you have whitelist? Is, uh, or did that, did that not come through? No, no, I don't have whitelist. I was thinking through the DAO I'll be able to get, but I don't. Oh, so you want your DAO to get it again? No, I went on. I, I was confused. I was like confused on what happens. I wanted to know like what what happened. Yeah, I don't know, man. Maybe the maybe the channel got full up and then the team deleted it once they assigned everyone. Uh, I don't really know. There's a, there's a lot of hands in the pie with with that sort of stuff. But if you want whitelist, just DM me and I'll I'll hook it up. No worries. Okay. We only have a we don't have much left, so I, I got to be a bit careful. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I will DM you. Thank you very much. No worries, brother. Okay. So, Mark, you went before me. 
<laughs> Favor, it's your turn now. Yeah, yeah. If you want to. Okay. So thank you guys very much for this opportunity. Uh, I want to say good evening because I'm from Nigeria, but uh, I brought an idea to have a universal greeting in NFT. The idea. So um, basically, I just want to like um, appreciate the um, team behind this project. Um, it's really, it's really fun to be behind projects as amazing as this. Um, I really appreciate um, the speaker, the one answering the question. He, he's been so real and connective, and I like that about founders of um, about projects being truthful. And as I said, no shady business here, so not many people tend to like share. But I know we we are members of a project. We would like to connect on a higher level with founders. So I really appreciate that. So my question is, I would just really like to know how. Um, I know you talked about um, helping startups putting funds in and all that to bring up great minds that are just beginning their art and all that. And also, you are a big deal in the industry. So I just want to ask how you started your own, um, let me say, your, I can't, I can't say your top or your most profitable company. I'm just going to base it on this project alone. So how did you um, start up this project? I know, I know you're passionate about it, but I want to know like the, the financial aspect. Did you also get help or you got funds from your other companies, as you said, you have to start up the project? And, and what, and what brought, also brought the idea behind the um, project? Yeah, so good question. Um, when I said before, when I, I came into the space with the intention of investing only, after I found out that I couldn't really invest in it, there wasn't anything worth investing in. Um, because there was no focus on the Web2 side or actually building a startup. Everything was just a project and not a startup. So that's when I said, you know what, I'm going to make my own. And at the time, I wanted the challenge of uh, making my own pro uh, startup and project and company without any single dollar invested. So, um, I, I mean, I bought an iPad so I could start drawing. I guess that counts as money invested, but, you know, it's way cheaper than if I you know, paid for an artist. I learned how to do all the development stuff. I learned all the marketing whereas before i would have a, a team that would do it for me so essentially i i took the role on of every single person that you would need in a company and tried to do it alone and uh, and it worked and i don't know if that was just because we we're in a bull market but um and that's sort of of how it started and then i, I didn't really realize what i was getting myself into but i really do enjoy this way of of creating a company and and communicating and, and being connected to people who consume in the market because in the web 2 world um, entrepreneurship is quite uh, it's quite lonely, I guess. Uh, whereas this, it's so much more connective, and you get to meet people. Uh, you know, I'm very close with a lot of my holders. I'm, I'm actively talking to them all the time and just shit talking. But uh, yeah, so you, you know, that's where it came about. I said before how the cannabis stuff came about. It's just very simple uh, processes of finding an industry, finding a good product, and finding a niche, um, as you know, most companies will do. And then in terms of the of the financing, you know, there is a lot of I have a lot of revenue streams that come in, you know, in Web2. Um, and that was just based on, you know, I was very lucky to be born into a lot of funds um, and very lucky to have very supportive parents. And, and that would push me into uh, lots of business avenues and whatnot. So uh, assuming I don't blow 20, 30 million bucks, I'm, I'm probably in the clear to, to really use the Web3 platform to have a lot of fun and experiment with. I don't know if anyone saw the, the Bored Ape um, podcast. I can't remember when it was released, maybe a couple of days ago, but... They said founders should spend less time looking at their floor price and more time coming up with cool, innovative utilities and, and ways to, you know, uh, be creative with their holders and their project. And that really 
hit home for me for me because I haven't looked at the floor price in like five, six months. I'm not really interested in it. I'm just interested in building something fun and hopefully scaling it to a, a globalized platform. Yeah, that's a great, uh, great advice. And, thank you. Thank uh, you. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Um, I'm curious. You have the collection on uh, your Yen One live right now. Um, we kind of drove right into the future here. What what what's the what do I get if I go and buy Bonghead right now on secondary? Yeah. So there's a couple things that will happen. If you own two of the Gen One collection, you can fuse those two for one free Cyberbong. Um, so it's essentially like a guaranteed mint, which is the only, uh, that along with pre-sale is the only guarantee that you can have, because uh, whitelist will be slightly over-allocated. Um, and then you can sort of choose the rarity between them too, because we've built a script that can read the medium of rarity between your bong heads and then provide you with, um, you know, whatever the medium would be. So um, let's say you have a legendary and a common. Uh, if my math is right, you should get an epic, I think, um, or a rare, one, one of the two. So uh, you can... Plan for that. And then at the same time, too, we did just airdrop some Cyberbong Bud, and that is going to be used to art enhance the Gen 2 collection. So if anyone's seen in, in the Discord or on my Twitter, we're working with a, an artist called OX Drip. The guy is absolutely insane. Um, and we're going to be, uh, people can art enhance, uh, just like how the god went to dead god. It's going to be very similar here, uh, minus uh, you know the utilities that they had with the staking. For us, it's just cosmetic. Um, and then at the same time, after Gen 2 is minted, the Gen 1 collection is going to turn into a currency, and it's going to be uh, a gamified currency where people can buy things with their deflationary bunghead that relates to you know, the cyberbong stuff. So if you're buying you know, one of the art upgrade things I said, or you're buying uh, a raffle ticket to get a, a Tesla or something stupid, I don't know. Um, uh, we'll probably do that one later on uh, once everyone's burned their, burned their, uh, their Gen 1 collections, but we'll, we'll keep that insider knowledge for now so at the end of the day it's going to just be a currency where we can really create a, a, a fun um, experimentive ecosystem that is gamified and the contents within the ecosystem is solely determined based on who it is that's buying it so you go into a grocery store and there's 100 of you and like i don't know 50 of you buy an apple and and the and the other 50 buy some bread you, you probably don't really have much to work with there when you take it back to your community but this is uh, a really creative way to see how people spend the the currency and what kind of ecosystem we can build with what products within it. And at the end of the day, if it fails, then we just go back to the to using the bong token. But you know, like I said before on that board eight podcast, uh, how can we create unique and innovative ways to you know keep people engaged and build something new? So that's where this idea comes from. But to give a little bit of alpha, I would really recommend any OG holders saving. The, their NFTs because eventually I'm going to do some crazy banger uh, giveaway or raffle where I'm giving away like a supercar or something stupid in like two years from now. So, um, and people know if anyone's a part of the Gen 1 collection, they know I like to do that stuff. I've already given away, you know, a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars. So, um, you know, this isn't my pitch to get you on board. It's just something I genuinely like to do. Um, but I would, you know, I would probably save one or two of them. Awesome. Yeah, uh, Tony, sorry, I'll get to your hand. Uh, I just got to say before, uh, the, the art for the new collection is, is amazing. It's uh, amazing. Uh, so I saw the one you have in your banner, the one with like ice cream. Is that a one-on-one or what is that? Because that one is crazy. Uh, you said the one with ice cream? Yeah, in your Discord banner. Uh, yeah, no, that's not a one-on-one. That's uh, It's just a bunch of ice cream made assets. Now, if you 
mint one and it's generated an all ice cream asset, please DM me. I'll send you a hundred soul. And uh, I would really like that. So thank you. Me too. I'll pay a hundred and ten. Tony, what's up? Tony, are you with us? Yeah. My barely. I think you should be fine now. It should be fine, right? Yes, yes, yes you're good. All right. Hey, uh, Cyberbong, how, how's it going? How's it going? It's going good, mate. And yourself? It was all right. I was down there listening and I just wanted to come up because I'm. Well, I want to ask two questions, but you choose where, which, which ones you want me to ask. Um, questions regarding your personal comfortability in regards to like, how you dispense your wealth to promote the project. Or I can ask about Hades Swap and how you're going to um, trade with that. Which one do you want to go for? Which one do you want the answer to, Mo? Because the first one is, I don't know, is it some level of financial advice and you want to know how I save money and stuff? Or the second one is more like technical? Hades Swap. I want the Hades Swap one, don't I just, um, first of all, I've always had a bad track record with wealthy founders. And when I'm talking about um, wealth founders, I'm talking like 30, 50 million startup and, and they've got they've got enough reserve IRL. Uh, and I've always found it difficult to, to see that the, the hunger that they have to ensure that the project wins, to ensure that they reach those higher heights because sometimes it comes off as if they're already comfortable. So the chase is not a real chase. It's more of a leisure. Um, so the projects are always never to innovate or push boundaries, but rather to create a community that likes them. That's one aspect that I see. Um, and to be honest, you, you have, they confirmed some of those things. Now, I just want to push you on and say, how is how is this project going to move the needle? So it's not just um, a leisure play, you know? Right. So, you know, a very good question. And I've uh, probably experienced very similar. Um, and I guess the way I can answer that is, this isn't, you know, a, a project for funds. That's not an issue here. It's I genuine my interest, and this is completely transparent. Is I want to be uh, on the Wikipedia page for the guy who innovated NFTs. I want to be the next Gary V or whatever. It, it is more about fame, uh, but it's not from a. I don't want to be famous. It's more I want to be the one that can create and push on this NFT technology because right now there's like sixty thousand active vaults in Solana, which is so small, and I I do genuinely uh, want. NFTs to be the way new companies are started. I, I think, you know, I come from a capitalist background, but it's a it's a really broken system. Uh, I play into all the monopolies uh, and I make a lot of money from it, but this doesn't help the little guy. And, you know, I'm in, I'm in Discord chatting all day. Uh, I'm not, you know, there's no ego complex or anything. Uh, I spent the first three months of the project cold calling for 12 hours a day trying to get on investors because I don't want to use any of my own stuff and, and push and, and almost it be a cheat code. But after a little while, you know, all, all this community corrugated around me and, and believed in what that we, we could do. And now it becomes less about, you know, what I want and more about how can I build something that everyone's going to be proud to be a part of. So, you know, it's, it is a leisure play. But at the end of the day, for since January the 2nd, I've been working 18 hours a day every single day. I've been in the hospital three times because of it. I'm, I'm grinding my ass off and I don't need to. I should have been, uh, you know, on a beach somewhere retired. So it, it's... I don't know how to explain it, but 
you know, this is something that I really enjoy. And for the longest time, when you can retire at such a young age, it, it almost takes the fun out of life. And, you know, this is where I found fun again. And this is something that I want to want to commit everything to. And that's why the roadmap, roadmap is 20 years long. Now, in terms of pushing the needle, I guess the needle comes from, you know, if we can achieve the roadmap, which I'm dedicating everything to, is then we can, you know, create these headlines that, hey, this globalized cannabis company started through NFTs. And then that, that's when you're going to get pro- uh, companies like Nike uh, and McDonald's looking at it and being like, hey, you know what? There could be a little bit of money in here. Uh, I might make a coupon of 100000 and allow any holder that has this coupon to get a McDonald's discount for a lifetime or something like that, like that right? So now you get 100,000 people coming in. You get 10 million people who are wanting to buy those 100,000. And then, you know, that I'm telling 10 million people looking at every other project. So... You know, this is how we really want to scale the NFT technology. And I think it just comes down to how I, as an individual, can expand my own product and then that can reach the eyes of everybody. Awesome. Uh, we have a little more time to go. Asiago, are you in a hurry? Um, I have a meeting in an hour and a half, but um, I have a lot of PR meeting teams uh, meetings because they don't like the stuff I, I tweet. So. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I get told off a lot. I made a tweet recently about uh, that the ice cream NFT that looked like a glizzy, and they're like, "Hey, don't don't say that," you know. So I got to be a bit careful with branding stuff. But uh, yeah, in about an hour and a half, I've, I've got left. Awesome. We're not going to go for that long, I promise. Um, yeah, I want to also talk about hate swap, but uh, Jack and then Tony. Hi. Thanks. Thanks. I understand the passion in your in your voice and what are you doing. Congratulations, by the way. But just to let you know that if you want to instill confidence, you need to take care of yourself. So everybody works for 18 hours a day. Uh, you're not alone. You're a founder. It's expected. So, and second thing is, if it leads you to hospital, what happens if tomorrow something happens to you? This project will die. die. So take care of yourself. Smile a little. Go to a beach if it makes you feel better. And then come back and work. But take time off, because because if you're not able to do stuff that you love, and then how are you going to continue? This is a long game. You've given me 20 years, and in just five months, you ended up in a hospital twice. So don't do that. That's a good point. And, uh, you know, it, it was self-induced. There was a lot of things I was putting off because of the work. But uh, this, you know, 18 hours a day, sure, it's not, it's not like a wow factor. Um, but, you know, there is a lot of things that are being sacrificed, but it's being sacrificed because I enjoy this more. Uh, there's nothing I can really do that would make me, you know, I, I enjoy the stress. I enjoy the fast pace. I enjoy how foreign this is. So that's why I do it, for you know, all day, every day. And I don't plan and I don't even enjoy breaks. Uh, I, I did a trip uh, through Bali in Italy recently um, and the whole time I was on my laptop working. So, um, you know, it's not something to be valorant about, but uh, I'm just trying to put across that there is a, a level of dedication here that uh, no matter how hard it gets or what's going to happen, I'm, I'm going to continue to push and continue to try and build something, especially as a, a guy who's been solo running this thing since January. Uh, even Web2, I probably couldn't do that. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very lucky now to have brought in uh, people who share the vision and uh, people I've worked with before so they know what they're doing. And they can take off the workload a little bit, which, uh, you know, is always going to be beneficial. Health should always come first. Yeah, exactly. I'm doing the same things, but I do it with a smile on my face. And I never ended up in the hospital. Yeah, well... (laughs) Yeah. 
Awesome. All right, Tony, ask about hate zone, please. Yeah, so <clears throat> Cyberbong, you said um, you're looking to um, onboard people. You, you talked about the methods you're hoping to do it. And um, you were hoping to attract big, big retail into NFTs. Um, I'm surprised you're not aware. Big retail's already here, um, Cyberbong. Uh, Lacoste is here. Burger King has trialed NFTs. Starbucks is starting it in autumn. I've already signed up for the whitelist. Um, Nickelodeon's got a collection. Audi's got a collection. UFC's got a collection. They're, they're big companies. I think McDonald's is flirting with, with one as well. They're already here. And that idea of um, giving out uh, rewards, it, it stops and it strikes because how? How do you get the ordinary Joe to create a wallet that can receive NFTs? There's no point in me walking out in the street offering people NFTs because they have no wallet to hold NFTs in. And you said yourself, Solana's got only so many users already, active wallets. So the onboarding method you're, you're, you're thinking of has been trialed and it's not created a catalyst. Nobody's creating an NFT wallet to receive those Burger King stamps. Starbucks has not seen a huge shoot up in Polygon wallets being created to host them. So how, you want to be on Wikipedia? Um, there's, there's maybe some refinements that I want to hear. I want to hear something, as we said, a needle mover. Um, now that's that's a different combo. Tell us about Hades Swap. How much LP are we starting off with? How much what? Sorry. How much money is going to be in the liquidity pool? Yeah. So the thing with Hades Swap is uh, we're sort of a bit out of the loop because there's not much, much information that's been released. We don't know if it's the launchpad side or the AMM side, and if. Are they both interchangeable things? So we're in a position now where it's like, okay, we were speaking with HGE, we're speaking with the developers. We, they haven't been allowed to release much information to us, so we have to potentially plan a backup. But realistically, if it was just a launch pad, then we would do that normal stuff. Then in terms of the AMM, we would look, like hopefully that Luna project would release first so we can get an ID on numbers. But at the end of the day, uh, the numbers that I would initially put in or throw around is maybe 100, 200. Uh, and then see where it goes from there. I still don't know much about the technology, to be honest. And and that is just because they are keeping it under wraps a fair bit. But at the end of the day, uh, the reason why we chose HateSwap is because we like uh, we like the, the no royalty stuff. We like the no marketplace fee stuff. I do genuinely agree with HG's vision and, and everything else that he's building. That's something, somebody that I want to align with. And we like the decentralized aspect of everything as well, um, even though it is a very centralized ecosystem. So uh, I can't really speak too much on it because I've been you know, told by a lot of people I have to stay quiet. And we still don't know ourselves if, if this is going to be something that they can release on the 30th, uh, which is a, you know, a bit of a problem for us. You can, um, you can do all that stuff now without Hadeswap. You can make your, your um, NFTs up 0% royalties. You can mint them all out, list them on a marketplace. You can do all that now, Cyberbank. Why? Yeah, why but it's not the same because it, it's not the same because there is also the marketing aspect to it as well, right? So yeah, I said that I like the hate swap vision. I want to be first to sort of take risks and go and be the one on AMM, um, whereas everyone else is on Magic Eden. Uh, but there is also the big marketing side to it too, which is okay. How do we bring in the ABC holders? How can we know that there's a lot of big VC investment on the ABC side, so it's really important for them that, that HateSwap does well, um, and then that could cross over into our product as well and, and bring more people in. So there is a lot of factors and, and, and chess pieces that are being played, but at the end of the day, it's it's more, you know, how can we support and, and be along with and be partnered with people who are creating something that is innovative and it's risky. 
Awesome. All right, let's take some uh, more questions, hopefully. Um, what do you think creates this? There is a strong connection between cannabis and NFTs. I don't know if this is Solana, it's probably ETH as well. Uh, what do you think creates this, this connection? I really, you know, I've, I've put a lot of thought into why that's the case, but I can't really draw any parallels. The only parallel I can draw is from gaming to NFTs, because from a subjective and anecdotal experience, I find I get a lot of the same emotion I get when I'm minting an NFT than what I got when I, you know, play video games when I was a little kid. So, um, and, and yeah, I don't know why there's so many people that consume cannabis that are in NFTs. I think maybe there's just a, a an equal proportionate amount of, of people who smoke to, you know, how many people, uh, you know, do, do the whole Web3 stuff. So it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it'd be really interesting to, to see if there's a, some sort of study on it. No, that would be interesting. Especially as a, a non-smoker, you're always wondering this when you come into this space and see see this clear because there is a, a clear connection here. All right, I don't um, have any more questions. Does anyone else uh, have any uh, any questions? I'm excited Wait, for. So <clears throat> you were talking about me getting that that, uh, that trial bong or a one for one bong for helping you through that experiment. Is is, is that what was was in the fine fine details yeah. of that one? Yeah, 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 yeah. No worries, just uh, just DM me. I got you. You're getting some cyberbong kush, DK. All right, favor and then Mark. Yeah, so um, I don't really want to be that guy, but um, cyberbong. I also um submitted the um gamers proof for the collab, or that same as Mark, and we both didn't like get the whitelist. And I know Mark, by the way, we, we attended um, some schools. Favor, guys. Lovely. I'm going to stop you right there. Um, if you have any whitelist questions for any situation, just open a ticket on this server because here we're, we're trying to learn a project, lovely. So, um, okay, okay. No thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a newbie, so I recently started NFT, so I really appreciate that. Thank you. Of course. Just open a ticket in the server, deal with the uh, mods there. They'll help you. Okay, thank you. I really appreciate it. Yeah, just to touch up real quick on, on what Tony was saying, like how all these companies uh, are coming in and they've not really been the catalyst to bring people in. You know, we've seen the Starbucks thing. Um, I didn't know Burger King did something. Um, so obviously these big companies are coming in, but they're not really bringing in the masses. And, and we're taking this these uh, this historical evidence and saying, okay, what are they doing wrong? And, and I guess what we could say is what they're doing wrong is they're not educating people and, and potentially showing them how to set these things up and bring people in. So it's something I didn't mention before with the dispensaries, but uh, assuming legally we're allowed to, we want to have a, a very easy setup process uh, to be able to help people create, you know, a phantom wallet and be able to transfer funds to it and whatnot. Um, and, and we're very lucky that we're on a very easy uh, UI and UX uh, blockchain to be able to, to be able to help that a lot. So um you know, I, th I think it does come down to education, and that also comes down to you know the the growers club that I was talking about before. Like, how can we easily and smoothly educate people on how to grow this stuff? Because if you go on Google, it's just so complicated. Which kind of leads me to what my question was: um, Are your advisors Web two or Web three? Uh, so there is Web three advisors. There's Web two advisors. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of people uh, who are on board, but they're not technically core members uh, I, I would say like they're not working on the project 24 7 it's just people or resources that we can deploy pre and post mint uh, both in web 2 and 3 because kind of touching on what you and tony said something i've seen since being in the space these big companies try to come in and these people with a lot of money come in but then 
they don't use the people that are already here to give them the ideas um, to branch off what's already been built to ask the people um, like kind of giving their their opinion from the outside and not going inside and getting the actual ideas and opinions of what's going on inside any blockchain that I've seen people try that from the Rugrats one to the Chris Brown ones. I mean, the, the list goes on. Right, you're you're exactly right, and it's definitely something I lo- overlooked uh, the first couple months of being in here. I thought I can apply everything I know from Web two into Web three, and it's just a complete opposite world. None of the same stuff really works, um, and I blew a hell of a lot of money doing that. Um, so I I thought, you know, I'm doing I'm doing something wrong. I don't fully know this space, and I need to. Um, so I brought people in. I brought in a guy called Pedro, who's well connected to almost essentially every single person. And uh, and he's just an absolute guru with all this stuff, and, and I'm very lucky to have him part of the team because he knows the environment of Web3, and it's something traditional investors um, can't really understand. I'm still, you know, I'm in this space so many months, and I still don't get how value is determined. Um, uh, but we're, you know, using experiences, and I'm, I'm, I'm focusing more on how to build a, a Web3, you know, way to start up a company rather than how to do it like I would in Web2. And something that I liked about this whole thing is the fact that you're the one behind the account right now, learning it, taking it like just the whole process. Cause you could have paid a marketing person to come about your project, but you're there. It doesn't matter anything else. Eh? Because as you said here in the web three world is completely different. Everything you did in web two is, is has no, no relevance here. It's if you're willing to adapt and, make the actual web three better and i truly respect that and and i like that a lot thank you thank you brother that's a good question awesome guys um any more questions so mark your hand flew yeah um so i don't know like i i heard um the founder i heard you saying um like you bought an ipad like and you drew like are you part of the like artists that still like drew or i didn't hear you correctly yeah so the for the first collection because the the goal was to spend zero dollars um i had to you know obviously try and learn and, and draw art myself so basically the day i started the project i bought an ipad it came the next day the next day and then i just started drawing and that's why if you look at the original collection it's probably not too great um, with the Gen 2, I'm not drawing any of the stuff. I have made some tweaks. I've added some slight anatomical changes and some color effects and whatnot. But uh, you know, the Web 2, uh, sorry, the the Gen 2 stuff is um, uh, way out of my my league. I'm definitely not not at that level yet. Okay, that's really cool. The art is really nice. Yeah, I also saw like in your yeah, the achievements pad in the in the white paper that said you achieved twenty thousand Solana volume uh, and sold out with zero dollars invested and zero percent mint funds allocated to third parties. So that's quite impressive. Yeah, I mean, if we don't count the the cost of the iPad and the iPad Pen, then then it would be uh, zero dollars and a lot of time, I guess. Yep. Awesome. All right, uh, Asiago, thank you so much. Is there anything last you want to share with? Uh, we're gonna round off here. Um, anything last you want to share with everyone listening? Um, if anyone's interested, uh, honestly, just come into the Discord and, and read the channel Starter Guide. I, I break down everything, uh, try and keep it as simple as possible. And then the white paper and, and the pitch deck is slightly more um, technical and, and a lot more wordy. But 
overall, I really appreciate all the questions. There's some some really good ones and some hard hitting ones as well um, that I do definitely enjoy, and I like to dive into the technicals as well. So, uh, just thanks for having me, and, and I hope that the passion and, and the vision of what it is we're trying to build uh, has really come across. No, for sure, I'm excited. And you're minting in what nine days? Uh, yeah, on the thirtieth, so eight days. Eight days, all right? Amazing, guys. Uh, yeah, looking forward to that. And for all the the whitelist hunters, uh, we have our amazing. Not sure if we have any any bong heads, but we'll try. Uh, we have our amazing uh, whitelist hunter Victoria. Usually gets whitelist for anything and everything. So uh, if you like whitelist, make sure you check out the pod Discord. Uh, and also check out uh, Cyberbongs. Join the Discord. Go in there. Try to get your whitelist and and, and get involved. Um, awesome. Again, Asiago. Thank you so much, everyone listening. Thank you so much for coming on today. We have had great questions, and as I said, some hard-hitting. You you did a great job. And also, shout out to our sponsor for the night for making this possible, Hyperlaunch. If you don't know what Hyperlaunch is, it's a permissionless launchpad that anyone can launch their NFT collection on without writing a single line of code. So if you have a project, anything upcoming, make sure you check out Hyperlaunch and consider it for your launch. Um, really specializing in the minting experience. Uh, so uh, if that's what you want and you think your holder deserves it, you should launch on Hyperlaunch. All right, perfect. We're going to move to uh, open a more relaxed space. Uh, we had some exciting mints happening today, so we're going to talk about that and anything happening in the market. Otherwise, tomorrow we're going to uh, uh, re reopen our uh, the thing we call the open mic which means we're going to have a bunch of collections coming on and it's going to be 20 min minutes per project to tell us quickly about the project and update us on what's happening. Super excited for that. We'll see which amazing collections we're going to have tomorrow. Make sure you join us tomorrow. Uh, thank you guys so much for today. And see you in the after party. Bye. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Technical difficulty on the on the exit. I can hear you through both of them. Didn't you want me to sing? <laughs> um, no. All right, so, yeah. no outro for today. Please, no Adam, today. quickly, because TK will start singing. Please, <laughs> play anything. Play anything. <clears throat> All right, see you at the party. Bye, guys. <laughs>